good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and other good stuff. So the title of the Dharma talk today is Observing the Imbalance, Observing that which is off kilter, that which is uh, uh, seems to be wrong or incorrect or should not be happening. I'm sure you have heard all of those. This shouldn't be happening. Why is this happening? That's another one. Those two comments are actually uh, cover up your uh, reception, cover up your awareness of what is occurring in any given situation, whether it is balanced or unfigureoutable. And yes, that's a word. So I encourage you to, as you're watching your mind stream, whether you're on the cushion, facing a wall, um, uh, talking to your partner, to your friends, your neighbors, your associates, and so on, to observe the observe observe the imbalance. Uh, excuse me. Make no comment on it. Uh, I'll show it to you this way. You've seen me do this many times because it's so powerful. If you understand what's happening here, that you can actually begin to uh, readjust. You could say. The, where the energy is going, where the energy is coming from. You have a little bit of say-so, but you don't have much. And as soon as you react to anything that is showing up, uh, whether it's balance, imbalance, or that other thing, you actually cover up. You actually begin to ignore. It's a very subtle form of ignorance. The basic ignorance is ignoring the open dimension. The, the ignorance that shows up in the first of the 12 links on the chain of existence of the 12 Nidanas is uh, ignorance. Ignorance is, there's an open dimension, you could say, and we don't like that. Too much space. So if you, if you observe, if you're just receiving, if you're giving whatever is occurring your attention, and you are receiving that without comment, I'm not saying that commentary won't show up spontaneously. Of course it will. The very nature of dependent origination, especially when it comes in contact with the, the seventh consciousness, the identity, that aspect, that part of the mind that thinks there's something threatened or thinks there is something that needs to be respected. You all know what I'm talking about. Or if you don't, then when we get to the question and answer uh, period, uh, you can uh, ask me about it and I'll try to respond. Excuse me. <clears throat> so observing, observing what is moving uh, would mean in a radical sense, in a very minimalist sense, would be what is observing. If you know what it is, you've not, you're not observing it. You're concluding something about it. Uh, the concluding part, that concluding part is part of the, the, MO, methodology of the self-centeredness of the ego of the seventh consciousness of that which uh, loves this, doesn't love that, wants this, doesn't want that, separating, separating. <clears throat> this is the mudra of separating. I'm sure you've seen, uh, had your fill of that. Separating, separating, separating. So what do you do with that? You might try this. Just a little bit is enough. You don't have to overdo it. It's 
So it's interesting that if there is a conclusion, there is a, a, a little tiny dot of uh, uh, artificial uh, temporary uh, dependently arisen security that arises from that. If you conclude anything, come to anything, it's called, if it's hardened up into a granite, as it is in some uh, consciousnesses, then we call it an opinion. You don't need opinions. Opinions are They're not wrong, just an obstruction to your true nature. It's like uh, being born and then wandering around the rest of your life uh, with a, uh, a bucket over your head. In other words, the only thing you're going to see is what you want to see and what you like and what's not threatening and what uh, satisfies your particular form of narcissism. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just saying you could consider this. You could consider training your mind. You could consider finding out who you are fundamentally. When I say fundamentally, there's a lot of stair steps that go in that direction. To some people, they may go up. To some people, they may go down. To some people, it may be a path. To some people, it may be uh, a conveyor belt. As it has been said way before I got here, before any of us got here, what is real is not threatened. What is fundamentally true, what is fundamentally the heart of the Buddha, the heart of uh, awakening. It's not even a person. The Buddha, uh, kindly enough, came along and manifested as that uh, Buddha nature and then uh, passed away after a few years. So if you're a student of the Buddha's Dharma, you may need the support of uh, vows. You may need the support of a particular school or sect or organization, and you may not. That's up to you. I'm not here to promote that particularly. I promote one thing, and that's train your mind. You may need help doing that. You may not. I certainly did. I needed a lot of help. It's so easy, so simple, that when something occurs, frightening, we go to a conclusion. Something occurs that is uh, supportive or, or is seductive or makes us think, hey, I think think life is working out here. Life is not working out. I'm not saying you can't enjoy yourself, but life is not working out. Life does not work out. And you may call it nihilism. You may not. The words are always extra. Words are always something about something else. It's never about, you can't say a word about what it is. You can see it. I don't know if it's even seeing. You can hear it. I don't know if it's even hearing. You can smell it, taste it, touch it, feel it, think it. And all of those are very relative situations. So what can you do to get pretty fancy if I say it this way? But you can actually stop separating yourself from it. Because what you're looking for, you already are. Uh, if there's, if even the, the idea of are works there. And for some, it may be, a process of going through uh, a lot of causes and conditions that arise as the uh, uh, situations in your life that are threatening or or uh, feeling dangerous or feeling uh, it could be anything from your health situation, your physical health, your mental health. It could be any of those. It could be relationship dynamics that are happening that are the show up as the major part of your uh, difficulty or your so-called struggle with life. 
But the Buddha said, as far as we know, life is suffering. Existence is suffering. In other words, it's difficult, challenging. You have nerve endings. As I've said many times, the nerve endings are, if they're abraded, then this is pain. The same nerve ending if it's a, if there's feathers running over it or if it's nice and soft and cuddly. Excuse me. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to your enjoyment of your sense fields. Of course not. I would say enjoy them as much as you want. But shutting down on the differentiation and desire that happen when we like this over that, and we don't want this and we want that, that that creates a kind of warfare kind of struggle that shows up in the mind uh, stream, in the in the, the area that we call consciousness, and it shows up dependently arisen. There isn't anything that you can find that isn't dependent on everything else for its apparent singularity, identity, or uh, face mask. Everywhere you look, you're going to see it. And it will. you will especially see it if you don't add to it, subtract to it, trump from it, or divide yourself away from it or ignore it. It's not easy to do that. And it seems to be well nigh impossible to do that without some kind of a mind training, some way to take the blade of uh, prajna, the blade of awareness that cuts into what is there to reveal its true nature. It seems to be necessary to sharpen that blade in a, in a um, isolated way, step away from the world of this and that, up and down, back and forth, success and failure, life and death for that matter, and step into your own mind stream. Sit down, hold still, step into that. I'm inviting you. You don't need my invitation. If you're having any difficulty at all, I would say, look at it. Look at the imbalance. Look at the feeling of feeling pretty good one day and like crap the next day. Don't necessarily join one and refuse the other. But if you do that, then also observe that. Then also receive that. Then also be aware of that. And as far as you can, make it as radical as possible. There are other ways of doing this. The creation completion practices of the of the several Tibetan lineages are all about going the other way around it, just creating a world and dissolving and creating a world and dissolving it. Or it may be on this side, creating a world and dissolving it, creating a world. Go ahead. I did a little bit of that. I'm not saying it's not valuable, but I think that what is being created is already in front of you in your own mind stream. And rather than come up with some artificiality, don't misunderstand me. If you have a teacher who's a, who's a, who teaches in this way, you should listen to them. You should go with the chemistry that is showing up in your mind stream or mind field, however you want to look at it. Go with that. Go with that. Probably going to need a teacher. I'm not here to market myself, so I got enough to do. That being said, you may need a mentor. I think that the Buddha's Dharma, 2,500 years, pretty good way of what? Observing, of having forms that will hold uh, what is going this way and that way, dependently arisen based on causes and conditions that can be called passion, aggression, ignorance, envy, greed, and all the other paraphernalia, that shows, paraphernalia of energy that shows up as uh, grasping and rejecting, shutting down. 
Interesting that if you begin to see that, what you eventually see, and you've heard me say this many ways, and I'm I'm going to say it again, you will begin to see the what's coming and going, the objectivity of it. The object, the, the subjectivity is just assumed. You, you, if there's thought, you assume you're thinking thoughts. If there's a, a emotion or pain or suffering, you you assume that you're having that, and you might even go and say it's because of that, and relatively you will be correct. Relative. And if you if you like this world and if you want to stay here and just live your life from now until the body-mind goes back into the elements or death, go ahead. I'm not saying, I'm not even being sarcastic. I'm saying that's your that's up to you. I'm not here to change the course of your karma. If your karma, my karma brought us together for these uh, another half half an hour or whatever, whatever it may be, you might want to listen to it. I'm not asking you to believe anything. And I even say over and over again, don't believe me. Don't believe me. Don't believe me. Remember those three? What are the other three? Don't disbelieve me. Don't disbelieve me. Don't disbelieve me. And of course, I only need to say this once. Don't look away. And not only with me, but do that with everything. Everything is functioning as your teacher. If you're a student. But if you're if if you think you are somebody, know something, are pretty smart, or getting ahead in the world or kind of, uh, you know, kind of a little bit above the people around you, uh, even though you don't brag, you might want to take a close look at that. Any kind of confidence that is relative is not that it doesn't have a relative support. Of course it does, but it ultimately uh, it is not confident. It's based on causes and conditions, praise and blame, success and failure. If you want that, it's there. Go for it. You've been going for it for lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know if it's true. But you might want to look at it. Look at it in your dreams. That's a real good place to look at the illusory nature of reality. As the Tibetans say, the dream you have at night is a sample dream. This is the real dream. This is the actual unreality. Pretty exciting, huh? So observing eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind, through the sense fields, and particularly through this, the thinking process, which is, which is uh, addicted to producing. It wants to produce. It, just wants to, it doesn't want to receive anything. It wants to produce because, because by producing, by thinking, by chattering, by talking to ourselves, having conversations, con- concluding, excluding. I like that. I don't like that. That's pretty good. But those guys over there are, and it's not, again, it's not that you're not relatively correct. People are relatively correct everywhere, and people are relatively incorrect who think they're correct about what other people are correct about. But they don't know that they're not correct about that which is correct in the incorrectness. I'm sure you're following me. I can't do anything but make total sense. And I can't help it if certain philosophers would have difficulty with that. My motivation here is is uh, very, very singular. And that uh, comes out of a vow to be with all things. Save all beings. There isn't anybody, so there's nobody to save. But you need to do it anyway. Do you need to do that? You don't need to do anything. You can continue to do this. <laughs> go ahead. I mean, go ahead and keep doing it. Or if you're here and you're considering this, 
then sit down, hold still, watch the mind come and go. Observe the movement of the mind coming and going and coming and going and coming and going without adding anything to it. No comment. This takes years. You cannot do this in three weeks of mindfulness practice or even three years of mindfulness practice. It takes a long time. I'm not saying somebody couldn't practice for a few years and attain Anurra Samyak Sambodhi or complete uh, unexcelled enlightenment. Perhaps unlikely. Unlikely because of the matrix within which we are all stuck into called samsara. The spinning quality of the mind is spinning everywhere. Anything that looks like a straight line, look closely. Circular. The circle is circle is a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. But if you're on that circle, it looks like a straight line. Looks like if you're walking down a railroad track, don't do that because that's risky. But if you're walking down a railroad track and you see where the tracks come together, that's that's the way illusion works. It looks like they come together. They never come together. They don't need to. Why? They're not separate. It's a it's a railroad track. You ever see you ever you ever been to the driving across the railroad tracks and notice there's one track? Very unusual to see that. I think that's happening in Japan, isn't it? Where they call it a monorail. Yeah. So it does happen. There's even South America. There are even trees that, whose roots are in the air and leaves are underground. I don't believe a word I say. But you can't find anything. It's always the case, relatively. And you can't find anything at all. Absolutely. If you do, it's relative. If you, if you discover anything, see anything, smell anything, taste anything, think anything, it's the relative world. But who you are fundamentally, your true nature, your true nature is not separate from anything. Separated, perhaps, until it's not. I can take some questions if you have them. Nice show, Bob. Nice Yesterday, Uniel was asked a question about knowing something fundamentally. Is there any way to know that you know something fundamentally? Um, no. So, K-N-O-W, of course. No. Sorry for the weak humor. But no, you can't. If you know it, if you know it, then it's then it's more relative truth. I sometimes say I make statements, probably bold or, or maybe weak uh, or extraneous or silly statements about anything, and and I I come back to myself. So because people won't do that to me because they're afraid I'll hurt them. How do you know? How do I know? I don't know. If I know, then it's just more relative truth. I know fire is hot, water is wet, earth is hard, and wind moves. And the fish in our pond just died. I know that. Why? I can see it happen. But the ultimate nature, Buddha nature, the awakened nature, is not has no. Uh, as it said in the uh, the fancy way of saying it, is it has no ontological status as something. Even that is kind of extra and kind of fishy sounding. Nice, Go ahead. 
Um, so then what is the difference between not knowing and ignorance? Um, Same thing. Same thing. Only different, but it's the same thing. Only different. Words, words, words come up and they do their best to approach or to identify or to point out. So the intention is there, but there's always the very nature of samsara is to miss the mark, miss the mark. It's like Coben. Uh, Coben is standing out in the, in the, uh, years ago, uh, I was not there. I heard about it, but he's he's has a kudo the archery, and he uh, shoots an arrow uh, at a target. <laughs> uh, and there's the ocean is in the background. It's probably uh, somewhere in California, and, uh, and he shoots it, and the, the the arrow goes past the target out into the ocean. And he turns around with a huge grin, which uh, Coben's grin would fill up his whole face, and would say. What do you say? Bullseye. <laughs> Interesting fellow. Chisho, you have a question? Chisho uh, Bawi. Um, dependent origination or the three poisons, they also seem like conclusions. Are those conclusions more conducive? Are some conclusions more conducive on the path than others? So uh, here, here again, co conclusions are fine. It's just being aware that it's a conclusion. So we don't have to stop concluding. I might say, "Don't conclude," "Don't include," or I might say, "Conclude," "Don't conclude." I might say anything, but it's about the awareness of that, not modifying one's behavior so that one has a little mini success story about how I no longer conclude things or how I no longer have opinions. That's a misunderstanding, but but the ego mind will feed on any kind of conclusion about anything, including Anusra uh, Samyak Sambodhi, including awakening, including the consciousness that thinks it's get, becoming more and more awake. <laughs> Huge misunderstanding, and and so uh, without the uh, the three jewels, I'm not saying you couldn't do it with uh, uh, fifteen magnets in some other realm or world. Of course you could. But the three jewels seem to be a pretty good structure for having a, a teaching person, a teaching, and a community that is endeavoring to uh, work with that situation. This is why we uh, receive the refuge vow, take refuge in the Buddha, refuge in the Dharma, refuge in the Sangha. So the refuge is just taking, we're, it's like uh, the other word, it's another word for uh, um, socially distancing, where taking refuge from that crazy world. Rusheen, looks like you're having an awfully good time. You must be really enjoying this talk. Go ahead, Akron. Yes. <clears throat> what is the true nature? The true na nature is uh, <clears throat> not false. You ask me a relative question. The true nature can't cannot be seen as something else because you're not separate from it. You don't awaken to, awaken to something else. You awaken to the fundamental identity, which is no identity in particular. This is why this is why it's so important to important to be with all things, save all beings, put everyone before you, even though you can't.
the intention is put everyone before yourself. This doesn't mean if, if someone is a uh, comes up to rob you, you give your money to them. You might put them uh, before yourself by uh, kicking them in the shins so they don't become a robber. There, I saved you from being a robber. <laughs> I'm just saying that in a silly way, but it's that kind of a dynamic. It needs to be situational. If you have a protocol for how you're going to do everything, even if it's basic goodness, it's not going to work. I mean, I'm not saying it might not have some working uh, model happening there where you can get a few credentials or a few uh, accolades. But it's necessary to see what this is fundamentally in order to function uh, uh, in a way that no longer interrupts the flow of samsara, no, no longer adds to the pain and suffering in the world. Like uh, like uh, Trung Parampache said, you may not may practice, you may not awaken, but you might stop becoming a nuisance to everyone because you're actually trying to sit back and watch what's coming and going rather than continually participate with your, with your stupid, uh, uh, crazy conclusions about right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. The world is full of this. It's everywhere. I'm not saying that there aren't issues in every community, even any Sangha. The Sanghas that I've been are, in are, as Koban Chino Roshi described them uh, when he was asked, uh, how would you describe the, the Sangha? And he called it a garbage pit. And of course it's a garbage pit because you have all the community in there that are working on their, their causes and conditions, passion, aggression, ignorance that are showing up and they're working with the attachment to a self and the attachment to other. And that, that creates a lot of heat. And so this is why we have something like a monastery or like a meditation hall or like a cushion to sit on or like the old, whole teaching of sit down, hold still and observe. Stillness. Stillness, even even relative stillness is never still. Relative movement actually doesn't do anything. Look at it. Look closely. Look closely, please. Further questions? Shoto bowing. Shoto. Um, your title of the talk is Observing the Imbalance, and it brings me to the word dukkha which is often translated as suffering. And I've heard it translated as like with a wagon wheel being, being off kilter or imbalanced. So how is suffering related to imbalance? Yeah. So it's a, you know, you could say it different ways, but it, it's the, what is, uh, what is relatively uh, working is uh, you could say there are examples of balance everywhere. Just watching a flower, looking at a flower, uh, looking at a, a rainbow, uh, looking at uh, at the incredible way uh, the relative world shows up relatively as, uh, you could say, a model for balance. This is why these metaphors are often used, uh, these these balance, uh, like a, a lotus. Uh, the lotus has the is in samsara, and the lotus, the blossom is above the water, and the roots are down in the muck and the mud. Uh, it's just a non-dual, not two. So this is that's why this is like a big schoolroom. It's like a big place where you and if you as soon as you can become a student, become a student, receive, receive. Everything is a teaching. Every face is a is a book, as they say. Uh, every 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 experience is a is a classroom, is a lesson. So uh, observing the imbalance is to whatever's happening in your mind stream. You watch the way you want something else. That's the imbalance. 
grasping desire, desire to get rid of something, anger, aggression, desire to have more of something, um, uh, is grasping or uh, um, on some level lust for something else, something else, something more. And then uh, if none of those work, then we might eventually just shut down because it's just too painful to not get what we want or get too much of what we don't want. So then what do we do? The self-centered aspect of the mind, the seventh consciousness, as it's described in the Yogacara tradition of the eight consciousnesses, we, we, we go to war with it. We mobilize our, our troops, which is our ideas, our opinions, our evaluations, what our friends think about what we're thinking about, what they're thinking, what our, what our friends thinking about, what they're thinking, we're thinking that they're not thinking that we're thinking, but we think they're thinking that. And we even tell them that, well, I don't want you to think that. And then they will say, well, I'm not thinking that. What makes you think I'm thinking that? Well, I can tell by the look on your face. And have you been married? You know what I'm talking about. Have you had a job? And have you, any of you had a friend that suddenly doesn't do what you want? Notice that. What do you do with that? Observe it. If you can, observe it. I know it's heartbreaking sometimes to have something you wanted go another way. It's, it's difficult not to write a short story about it in your mind every 15 minutes and then come back for rehearsal over and over and over and over. Do it once. Have the story. But don't get rid of the story. We're not trying to make you into some kind of a angel. So, But if you see it start to repeat, that's the circularity. Don't interrupt it. Just observe this. If you observe the circularity of the mind stream, it starts to wind down because it needs your agreement. Passion. It needs your hatred, distrust, pushing, aggression, and it also needs your uh, avoiding that so you don't look at it. You distract yourself into something else. Somebody had their their hands up somewhere. Let's go. Go ahead, Sokran. Is there a refuge from suffering? Bowing. So the the this could be talked about lots of different ways. You take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. That's a, that is the path quality. But the actual fruition quality is not to separate yourself from it. Suffer. This isn't, we're not talking about uh, some kind of a, a self-inflicted uh, uh, skin cutting or something. That's a, that's a different uh, situation altogether. That's more about ego or self-centeredness or trying to feel something that is happening so you feel stronger as a person. But stop stop uh, identifying with it. Don't distance yourself from it. The only thing you need to distance yourself from is something you have some say-so over, which is the body. You can take your body away from the kitchen table or the laundry room or the back of the, the tennis court and sit down and hold still and watch the continued production, production, production. Watching the production uh, get, get, will give you a better idea of what the reception is. Watching the production, watching the way the mind uh, produces. In some lineages, they give you techniques for stopping that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't care what you think. I don't care how much you spin or go this way or that way. What I do care about, if I have your permission, is sit down and hold still and watch through contrast what continues to move. Don't artificially shut it. Shut it down. You're just postponing your own awakening. And am I right or wrong? I don't know. If you think this is misunderstanding, then you probably should just uh, go with your own counsel, not necessarily with me. I'm not here to promote it or to prove it. I don't need to prove anything. 
If you see it, and you won't either. If you see what this is, you won't need proof. It's called unconditional confidence. It's, it seems to have a relative stance, but it ha- but uh, but it doesn't have. But you can't find its legs. You can't find its its crown. You can't find its shield. What's that other thing? Buckler. <laughs> Has no location. It is without location. The body mind complex may be sitting here in front of a, a screen or it's in front of a wall or in front of a, your friend or your dog, uh, but there's no location. If you assume location, we're right back to push and pull, right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, life and death. Circle, 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 circle. The very, the very moon going around you is telling you life and death, life and death, day and night. Just receive. Well, don't just sit there. Ask me something. There are a few questions from YouTube. All right. I'll have Shane asks. Who? Do the rel- Shane. I know him. Do the relative aspects of awakening arise dependent on what's in front of them? There are no relative aspects to awakening as a, as a separation. However, that's actually what you would see. So it has a relative uh, uh, dimension to it, but we don't do anything with it. We don't, we don't use that to make, create an observer who's seeing the relative thing that is arising or the relative thing that is going away or being produced or not produced. You can re, uh, rephrase your question if I didn't get close to... Uh, if there wasn't enough heat in it for you. A question from Raphael in New York. Raphael. Is having a sense of peace and wholeness also just another imbalance? Yes. <laughs> because it's, it's, a, it's a feeling or a peace or a or contentment about something. It's about your life. It's a, it's a very subtle... It could be very comfortable. It could be comfortable for 30 years, especially if you're living in Florida on the beach. And I'm being silly a little bit, but I'm saying any conclusion about anything is is relative. It won't last. It will fade. And it might last for years. But uh, time is, a, when it comes to your consciousness, time is a, um, not exactly what you think it is. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't do a meditation where you feel better. It doesn't mean that you couldn't sit down. And even though I teach uh, sit down, hold still, watch what moves, all the senses on receive. Very simply put, don't close your eyes. Don't close your, don't close anything. And just sit down and hold still. Don't even open anything. Don't be open to anything. You don't need that kind of malarkey. Just receive. Just receive if you can. And a lot of times what that amounts to is seeing how much you can't quite do that. So I know you can't do that. I can't do it. I can't do what I'm teaching. If I was doing what I'm teaching, then I would not have a physical form anymore. So this doesn't mean you can't do a meditation practice that calms you down so you feel better. Uh, maybe before you do shikantaza or some kind of uh, open awareness or formless practice like that, you might want to do something where you're maybe following your breath or even counting your breaths. Or as His Holiness uh, uh, 
the 17 Karmapa teaches, uh, uh, his is a very tight form of shamatha practice, at least the last I heard it was, which has been a few years ago, is uh, sit down, hold still, and uh, and uh, and follow, uh, count the breaths one to 10. Out breath is one, in breath is one, out breath is two, in breath is two. So it's one, one, two, two, three, three, up to 10, and then return to one. That's uh, has a, that's a pretty tight noose around the neck of awareness there. I'm not against that. If you're a student of His Holiness, then that's your practice. So there's no right and wrong, or this practice is good, that practice is good. Um, no, no, it's the relative right and wrong is a misunderstanding. If you're a student of His Holiness, you're not separate from Him. You may not feel like you're particularly cuddled up to Him, but you're not separate. If you're a student of this person, uh, you're not separate. That doesn't mean you'll feel like that. You might feel just the opposite. Rusheen has a question. I can't see it, though. Can somebody read that, possibly? Shoka bowing. Rusheen and Rusheen asked the question, but they need to both there. It says, what is time when it comes to your consciousness? It's uh. Well, it's, uh, there's, it's, there's the illusion of time, past and future, um, uh, soon and never, and all those other kinds of constructs. There are, there are concepts about something that appears to be moving because of our attachment to objects. And that object can be your a thought in your mind. I used to be worried about that, but it went away. I don't know why. Or here comes the mail. Or no, it's late today. It's not here. So very relative move, movement because of our uh, the consciousness has been uh, so to speak downloaded into a physical form you're a human being then you're you're tied into that in a very very strong relative way that is that is powerful powerful illusion and that the idea of time is uh from from the from the the understanding of uh of uh of objects then coming and going in an apparent space as long as you think the object that's moving in the space is different from the space and you don't see that they're, they're not separate, then time will pretty much run your life. You need to get to the store. It's time to do this. It's time to do that. And if you start to build something and all of a sudden the whole thing kind of falls apart, like you try to buy some land in Traverse City and, the whole, and suddenly three weeks later, even though you really want to do that three weeks later, a month later, six, six months later, whatever, the whole thing falls apart. If you're locked into that, you'll suffer. But if you're not locked into anything, then that doesn't mean you won't try to do that. It doesn't mean you won't participate in that whole uh, amazing metaphor we call time. But you, but the the, the sense of uh, loss or disappointment is gone because you're no longer going from here to there. You're always everywhere, all the time. Locality. If you think there's someone here and there's a body-mind complex here, which is a uh, Bushin or, or, or uh, uh, Rushin. Uh, that rhymes, doesn't it? Bushin and Rushin. Yeah. The Sheen sisters, Boo and Roo. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So if, but if you're going from here to there, the ideation of the, 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 the thought patterns that come up around any movement are constantly reinforcing that. It's just like as you go, a road is being constructed ahead of you as you go march into infinity. I'm not trying to be romantic or fancy about it, but I'm saying we don't know where we're going. We don't know who we are. 
That's why I recommend that people don't use a, a digital uh, timing device. Use uh, use uh, something that's moving. Use uh, um, analog because uh, otherwise the digital thing is abstracting things so much that eventually your phone is going to be doing your thinking for you. It's already doing some of that. And so, and there are people, there are beings, there are consciousnesses in this world and in other worlds that want to control this. There's consciousnesses in other worlds that want to uh, mind their own business. So watch what moves. And if you, if you're watching what moves abstractly, like uh a digital clock, then uh, uh, that's uh, that gives you the illusion that that uh, that you're always in the present, <laughs> and you're not. Further questions? A question from Kiki. Okay. How can I work with intense feelings of lust? Or a person who is not an appropriate object of desire. Yeah, that's a very good question. Enjoy yourself. Don't don't do it. Don't do anything with that. Enjoy, enjoy. If you have a fantasy or imagination about that, let it do whatever it wants to do. But endeavor to do it by holding the body mind complex still. Sit down in front of a wall, in front of some carpeting, in front of a tree stump, in front of a in front of anything, your refrigerator. And whatever arises in the mind stream, uh, don't add, don't subtract, don't divide. And just and if it just arises as some kind of fantasy about that person, it's not about that person. This is this is your mind stream. That that mind stream that as you're fantasizing, that person could have been abducted by aliens. And you'll never see them again, or they could have uh, they could have gotten in a terrible wreck and they're no longer uh, particularly attractive to look at. I'm just inventing a few things here to let you know that things are dependently arisen. And it's uh, and that dependent uh, origination also involves the mind stream that is lusting after something else. What you want, what you actually want, if I may say it in a bold sort of way, is uh, happiness. We want to be happy. We just have odd ways of going about it. Very complicated ways, dependent on the karma that brought you into this world. Your mom, your dad, their mom, their dad. Uh, your height, your sex, your uh, uh, your heritage, all of the various things that come together to make up some kind of person who has a name and has a family or uh, has a really nice mother or a really terrible mother and all of the other things. And then you have, uh, Kiki, your, your particular attraction to this. Just watch the attraction. Use that. If you're a meditator, and I don't know that you are, but if you are going to train your mind, then anything that arises in the mind stream is is your dharma gate dharma gate means dharma means the truth and gate means an opening so it's like you're gonna go through something this has been taught differently in different times and different cultures that needed a different kind of teaching this teaching needs the truth and the truth is you're having these kind of situations do not fight with that it's relatively true in order to see absolute truth you no longer can fight with relative truth i had two teachers who taught me that I'm lucky to be alive. If it weren't for them, I would not be. So just observe whatever's showing up. And if you can, stay away from that person. Because if you go to that person, then the relative situation uh, uh, is something you you can still observe it. But it's going to be much more diff difficult because you'll actually be fulfilling the apparent desire 
rather than watching the desire. If you have a further question, I'd be happy to um, respond to it. Melissa Bowen. Yes, Melissa. If you observe an imbalance and that observation leads to a decision, is that decision a conclusion? Bowing. So, well, yeah, but again, uh, when I say when I say don't conclude, I know you can't stop. I can't stop concluding, but it's to be aware of when the mind stream starts to bite down on something. So it's if you're aware of that that grasping that conclusion, then this is how we train the mind. We actually observe the grasping, observe the rejecting or the aggression, observe the shutting down, and each person has their own patterning in that area. And this is why the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the three jewels are a great support. It's not the only support. There's probably all kinds of ways of doing this that I don't know about, but this is the one that uh, I'm teaching. So it doesn't matter if it's that way. What does matter is, are you aware that that movement is happening and that that is somewhat uh, impulsive or 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 what is they, uh, the, the knee-jerk kind of idea? Something happens and the next thing you know, we're adding on, we're subtracting, we're dividing, we're fighting, we're poking, we're pulling. And so watch that, but don't double up on it. Don't, when you try, when you see that happening, don't stop it. Don't authorize it. Don't condemn it. Don't ignore it. These are the three poisons. And this is a, this is the way you, you uh, uh, treat everything that arises in your mind stream as a Dharma gate. So you can realize your true nature. Your, your true nature is not an experience. The path, suffering is experiential. The path is experiential. Awakening is not an experience. So if anybody's describing their awakening to you, then it's, we're talking about relative truth. It may be a high, fancy variety of it. But if you think you've accomplished something, if you think you're awake, come and talk to me. I'll help you see what that is. And it's not that I'm going to tell you you're not awake. You might be surprised. Probably not, though. But maybe. But probably not. Come on, help me with this. <laughs> or not. Terry Bowie. Terry. Um, can you say more about everything in our mind stream is our Dharma gate? Did I hear that correctly? Um, I don't know. Did, did I say that? When you said I said that. And you said I said that. So, yes, it is. Anything is flowing. But if you're a student, think of yourself as, you know, the function Trungpa Rinpoche talked about, the function of the of the teacher is to, well, one thing he said is to insult you. Of course, just being around a true teacher is going to be insulting on some level eventually. If it's not insulting, then maybe uh, you're not around them enough or some other cause and condition. But then also it's to inter introduce you to your world, introduce you. That's what my teacher, especially Trungpa Rinpoche, who was no angel, as we know. He was not, he was not some kind of, uh, even though people idealized him, he was not particularly all that fancy. He just was a teacher. And uh, a teaching person introduces you to what you need to look at if you're a student. But if you're not a student, then <laughs> that may not work. You might need to run away. Further, Terry? 
is the mind Dharma gate? I've, I've, I've always kind of understood it like different challenges is our Dharma gate. So where there's confusion is that the mind flow. That's what I heard. I'm what, not sure if that's what, um, what did you hear? I, I was hearing, because I've heard Dharma gate is, you know, like challenges that we have is our Dharma gate. But when, what I thought you said was something, everything in our mind flow is our Dharma gate. And that's where I'm feeling confusion. We just watch what moves. And, and it'll 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 just look like a, a a box of cereal going by that you have no interest in, or it'll start to show up like a door, and you're drawn into a classroom, so to speak, to use those metaphors. It'll be something that's kind of interesting, but so what? There, there it goes. You might not even say so what. You just you just go to the next thing. It's coming down the the through the mind stream. But when we come up against challenges or things that that confront us in some way, then there's uh, the quality of that being uh, a Dharma gate or a teaching for you personally, even though we try hard to get, a, get rid of those things. But if you're on the spiritual path, uh, your your idea about the nature of the mind is beginning to change. You're beginning to see more clearly what this is about and what suffering is. And you're beginning to see that the person who comes at you with intense hatred or suffering or aggression or something like that instead of just seeing somebody to fight with or somebody to run from or somebody to instead you see how much they're suffering and that they don't know how to get out of the suffering other than to attack you or attack someone because they're in so much pain so they just take all of that you can see it it's all over the television it's all over the news it's all over everything all over the world people dealing with their suffering by dumping it on others they can you can do that with a um, with atomic weapons. Let's hope that doesn't happen. People are so upset about other, other, blaming, blaming, blaming. Uh, sometimes the blame comes this direction and we start blaming this. And then we have people who want to end their life because they feel like they're so bad and things are so miserable. And they, they don't have a, they don't have anyone to help them fundamentally. Just lecture them about don't kill yourself. Or lecture somebody else about how wrong they are. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be that kind of a person. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, instead of meeting them where they're at. And you're not going to be able to meet others where you're where they're at unless you meet yourself where you're at. And that might be rather distasteful. I would say do it anyway. It's like it's very distasteful to go to put on your robe before you give a Dharma talk and find out that your robe, because it's black and kind of cozy, that it's full of stink bugs. And so then then you have to figure out how to get the stink bugs out of your robe. So is that a Dharma gate? Yes, every stink bug is a Dharma gate. And then if you have a wife, which I do, then the wife gets a little jar with a piece of paper and we slowly capture the stink bugs and take them out and introduce, introduce them to their world, which is not my robe. Rather aggravating, isn't it, to deal with stink bugs? Is there further questions uh, either in on Zoom or on uh, YouTube? Do you have them? Anna Maria Bowing. Anna Maria. Um, recently in the incident where our 
our leader was speaking and the and he was cut off by several media representation um that being cut, cut away and cut off seemed to fuel even more rage yeah. from supporters and reinforce some righteousness and vindication so my question is 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 that can that be considered meddling and or creating more warfare and is that disrespecting the intelligence and the discernment of his supporters to see that and maybe decide on their own sanity what sanity looks like yeah i think you've uh, i think your your understanding of it is uh is is quite good and uh, you know at the same time we have to always keep a uh, uh, stay in touch with it rather than come to a conclusion about it and then abandon it. So staying in touch with the craziness and then uh, seeing, uh, then feeling sad because uh, allowing them to express themselves and, and manifest that kind of support uh, as long as there's no agenda about it. Like we like needing them to straighten up and see how crazy the leadership is. That's where we tend to go awry. So it's very difficult to, to be with the insanity and respect dependent dependent origination. This does not mean let people kill people. I'm not saying that you don't you don't go overboard with it, but you you uh, also don't go don't go underboard with it. You take no position on it. If you take no position, and if you don't understand, I appreciate your questions because this is not easy to say this, uh, let alone to understand it. Take no position. This does not mean you're allowing someone to kill someone and allowing someone else uh, to. It doesn't mean you're allowing that, but you're you're with the, the the dynamic that is happening. You have to be with it. And it's very difficult because when somebody really abuses someone else, or when somebody kills someone, or or whatever, it's very difficult to relate to that directly out of your consciousness. I, I could to say it, and I don't mean to be romantic here because it's not a romantic feeling, but out of your heart, people who are anybody who does something evil or difficult or bad or destructive. It's been going on. Mussolini did it. Stalin did it. Uh, he magnetized. Hitler magnetized. If you go back and look at World War I and what Hitler was doing there and the kind of speeches he was giving to magnetize people into what? Nationalism. And then you have a 20 years later, you have uh, another world war and it's it will happen again unless there's some kind of mind training. I don't know if this, if we can, <laughs> I don't know how long we're going to last, but uh, probably not too much longer unless there's some kind of sanity uh, comes into this. And it's uh, it's very difficult to just generate sanity. You have to stop co covering up the, uh, the as Trunk Rinpoche would say, the basic goodness with insanity and craziness. He had his difficulty with that also, as did Coben, as did any teacher, as, do, as I do. Everyone has difficulty. Everyone's karma is showing up in different ways. And don't, ex don't accept, don't reject. And don't look away. And don't do anything unless you absolutely have to. This is my way of saying it. Don't do anything unless you have to. If you don't have to do something, why would you do it? And you don't even need a why. Less less whys, more whats. What is this? Not separate. See it, and the war is over. There's no more war. You're not even not even concerned about your own death. Not that you will walk in front of a of a what is it? School bus. 
you won't, you won't volunteer for it, but you're not, you're no longer concerned about that because you are completely with uh, everything is rising and falling away. You don't see separation anymore and you don't see togetherness. You don't see we're all one. Ego does that because it needs leverage and it's worried about its own existence relatively. So it uses that kind of propaganda. Well, we're all one. Nope. Further ego or further, further, did I say, yeah. I have further ego. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I think it was coming out of my vocal cords there. I was like, uh, further ego, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and that being said, it's amazing. This is an amazing thing. You don't have to get rid of the ego. Uh, the ego may come and I call it a clown on the roof. You know, it's, uh, it's still there. It's on the roof of your house and it's up there clowning around. And there are times when the ego, when that energy of ego will resurrect itself or just embody itself. Don't argue with anything. If you're there and you're present and you're with whatever is erupting and coming and going, it will not last. But the karma that, show, that, that showed up, uh, whatever, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, or whatever it is, is dependently arisen. And that karma is might need, because of causes and conditions, because of the cyclic nature of everything that is showing up as something, might have to show up again. Fight with nothing. This is why uh, Long Chumpa and the Zogchen masters talked about uh, the great perfection is because uh, if you see that it's already perfect, then even the difficulties are included. When I say included, you don't have to include something you're not separate from. Just a way of talking about it. Go ahead, Kevin. Kevin Bowing, so when you say take no position, is that another way of articulating not to have a policy about meeting others, Bowing? Uh, you, you know, I think that's good. I, I would say you could have some policy, but the fixation on the policy is what's difficult. So you say, well, I want to go to the, we're going to go on a picnic. Um, I think it might rain. There's a 30% chance of rain. Let's take an umbrella. So we're, we're kind of working with the relative situation without fastening down on it where, no, we can't. If there's any threat of rain, we can never go on a picnic. And I'm, it's, a, it's kind of a silly example, but it's like that when you're working with someone insofar as you can receive as much as you can from any uh, person, because they're, as we say, people want to be happy. They, and their way of going about it because of dependent origination, because of the way they've been mistreated or the difficulty they've had, they're, they might show up in a way that triggers your hidden areas that you've not looked at that have to do with passion, aggression, and ignorance you've been able to avoid, I'm not accusing you of anything. But I'm just saying, if someone comes along who, who because of their frequency, their resonance, just like you resonate with some person as a teacher, you re resonate with one person as a lover, as a friend, uh, as someone who needs your help, as someone who doesn't need your help, uh, as someone who is just difficult to be around. Three people, all friends of yours, really like that person. But when you're around that person, uh, you know, you you're tempted to murder them. Well, maybe not murder, but you're, te you're tempted to, uh, you know, scold them or tell them to straighten up or, or maybe you just want to get away because they're just too uncomfortable to be around that kind of energy. So again, it's situational, dependently arisen. And insofar as you can begin to just be with your own mind stream, then it seems to be much more workable to be with the mind stream of, of others who, may be uh, challenging up to and including the people high up in our 
and the running of our government and so on. So, some people are, are they're so completely insane. If it weren't so dangerous, it would be just absolutely hilarious at the, the degree to which people are are looking for are looking for happiness by torturing others. That's how they get rid of the unhappiness is just put it on others and torture them. Go ahead. Um, in the chat box, there's a question from <laughs> Bill John, who, Bill Murray, William Murray, uh, bowing. Yes. Isaac told Melanie he hates her today. Mm -hmm. How do I skillfully work with that and not meddle? Oh, your your that's your your son and your daughter. Your son is uh, seven or nine. Yeah. Uh, I, I can tell you how to do that. Mind your own business. Why are you pointing at that? Because I think he's... Yeah, but you're the one that said it. Oh, okay. Oh, you say he's inside of this box. Yeah, one of these boxes. <laughs> William. Okay, so, yeah, when I say mind your own business, I would say less is better. You could listen to it. You could... You, but And you're the parent, so uh, you're asking me. So my understanding not knowing all of the causes and conditions that are arising in that area of parenting to children, uh, I would say less is better in that area, but don't walk out of the room. Uh, you could, you could engage in a conversation, but it should not be an interrogation. You hear what I'm saying. I mean, I'm just saying me, these are children and who knows what kind of karma they're coming into this world with. I, I really doubt that there's any kind of hatred there, but there could be, um, you know, some confusion and there could be some jealousy. So it's a, it's a difficult area, raising children. Um, less is better in that area. One more question. Yep. Take another question if there's a, another one. She show. If we take no position, like given uh, the, the example about the kids meddling, yes. take no position and we uh, mind our own business. Yes. How is that? How is that productive when we need to set boundaries? So if you're doing that, and then listen closely here, and ask a further question if you have, if you do, if you take no position, so that, that's a, that's an open dimension. Isn't something in there that's rising as fear of losing control. Uh, you're taking a position, then your clarity about the situation won't be covered up so much by your 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 um, um, of validating your activity or or scolding yourself. Saying, I really need to do this. Well, I'm doing this for your own good. Those kinds of things. So a little, what you're doing by taking a position, you're actually allowing some space to be there so that if you really do need to take a position, that it's done in a more, um, you're more perceptive about the causes and conditions that are arising, say in the case of uh, uh, William's uh, uh, children, you're more perceptive about your, actually it's called patience. There's no rush to save anything. So you're actually there and you're on receive. Patience is not waiting for something. If you think it's waiting for something, then it looks like this. Well, I'll just wait. And then you keep looking around at the see if it's you're getting what you want yet. Uh, patience is actually watching the movement that seems so that tries to magnetize you into doing something. 
leaving the room because your your uh, your doctor's late for his uh, or her appointment, or doing anything, or scolding a child because you can't stand the insecurity, even though you're an adult, uh, of uh, of seeing that you don't know really fundamentally what is a skillful thing to do in this in any given situation. Skill doesn't come out of the thinking process, although it's taught everywhere that it does. That's why you can go to school and get a diploma and have a PhD on your wall and still be um, not very smart, shall we say. I'm not saying those degrees don't mean something, but they don't necessarily signify intelligence, not the kind of intelligence that we're talking about here. By seeing clearly what is it that's fundamentally happening here, including the dependent origination, including the, 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 the love and the hate, the hope and the fear, and all of the structures that show up in any given situation. Every, every situation is extremely simple because it's direct and extremely complicated because it is dependently arisen. You can't even take your pick. You have to, you have, to have uh, those qualities arising. But I would say through training your mind and watching uh, your own mind uh, arise and fall without choosing, picking, choosing, selecting, controlling, shutting down, opening up, doing nothing with it, but just, just watch clouds move. Just watch fish in the pond. Just just observe the movement, observe the movement this way. When that movement shows up in front of you, that is challenging where it's uh, where it's uh, a rough and ready pulling on your ego. You need well, you need to do something here. You can't just let this go by. What will people think? What will you think? What will I think? What will they think? What will she think? What will he think? What, 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 what? Do nothing unless you have to. And then by having that uh, having that kind of a pause. Uh, in your in your mind stream, it's not actually a pause, but it's like wait a few minutes and see see how things uh, come and go. See if they don't change direction. See if there is no way uh, that not not by thinking about it or analyzing it, or by just by being very very um, resonating with the energy that's coming and going, positive, negative, or neutral, that you see there is an opening there where it's just like somebody something is giving you per permission. It's just like a. a a wall, the wall keeps moving by and then suddenly in the wall, there's a and the door opens up and then you can step through and then you might have a, a little bit of say so about that person's life or that situation. But trying to do that to get an, out, an outcome is, uh, is materialism, whether it's spiritual, psychological or uh, material materialism, any kind of production, production. We want this. We don't want that. We want this. Chisho, did you have a question? Uh, yeah. Um, how can we ever ask a question without question, question to you without coming to a conclusion? You can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't ask questions either. I come to conclusions all the time. It's about being aware of the conclusion. Not you don't have to be somebody else. You you know the the, the best uh, speech I ever heard by Trungpa Rinpoche was be genuine. That's a tall order because that means you actually have to be the karma that shows up here. This doesn't mean you have to because you feel like hurting somebody or killing somebody or molesting somebody or any kind of other thing. That doesn't mean that you're condemned to do that, that you have to do that. But it might be a very difficult area for you. But as I say, and I, my way of saying that is don't miss your life. That doesn't mean you're meant to be a, a, a gambler. And so you should always gamble. It doesn't mean you're meant to rob people of their, take, swindle people out of their money. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you train your mind, then any kind of negativity that's arising there, 
will be uh, minimal. It is still a relative world. It's still relative. Even the Buddha had uh, stomach problems. It's relative. Relative, relative world. So what you would do, Chisho, is the important thing is to communicate. Stay in touch with the teacher. Stay in touch with the, the cushion. Stay in touch with the community. Those three seem to be pretty good. Uh, sometimes the community is a, is a real mess. Sometimes the teacher is a real mess. Sometimes the teaching is a real mess if the trans translation sucks. <laughs> That's specifically for you, Chisho, since, you, since you're fluent in Sanskrit. <laughs> okay, uh, Uno says we're going to dedicate the merit. And so she knows stuff. So that's what we're going to do. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sick or suffering and fill them with light. 